My name is Joanne Bailey Borsma, and this is Locally Entertaining. With me today is Ashley McGreevy, Marketing and Outreach Specialist for Community Circle Theater, and Mike Hall, the Director of Disaster, the Circle Theater's first production for their summer season. Welcome, guys. I'm so glad to have you here today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, this is exciting. Well, and I was just telling you guys earlier, it's been a little while since I've done anything with Circle Theater, um, but I'm so thrilled to have you guys here, so I'm thrilled to make the connections again. Heck yeah, we're we're excited to be here. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, so just to give people, some listeners who may not be familiar with Circle Theater, can you give them just a little bit of history about Circle Theater itself and what it is? Yeah, so Circle Theater has been around for about 68 years, and uh, we're going into our 68th season, which is really exciting and awesome. Uh, we've I mean, we started downtown, then we were over at John Ball Zoo, which is where most people, Mm -hmm. typically people are like, oh, I didn't know you weren't at the zoo anymore. Uh, And then we headed from there, and we actually have a space on Aquinas' campus. Um, And so that's where we do our summer performances. We're a summer theater. Um, And yeah, so we have, you know, three musicals and two plays and every summer we're there from may till september entertaining people we've got a concert series and well that's hanging out and having fun i think you know for people who do know circle theater they always think of it as the theater company part but there's so much more to circle theater than just the theater um because you guys do educational programs um you guys have your concert series actually i was blown away by a couple of performers from one of your concert series performed um so i can't remember where i saw them but they're just amazing so you you have kind of a really you've really expanded since getting into aquinas oh yeah definitely so most people know us for doing the summer productions uh and yeah yesterday or last year was our 10th year of our concert series uh, so it was our 10th anniversary of getting West Michigan um, musicians together and bands together and having live music in a concert form versus, you know, an actual musical or play production type thing. Uh, but in the kind of like our off season, uh, and I say that with air quotes because we don't really have an off season, uh, we do more educational type productions with local schools uh, through Circle Presents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, just an amazing amount of different things that are going on. Um, oh, yeah. So you guys are your guys are really gearing up for the upcoming season. Yep, we <laughs> are. Yeah, yes, we are. Long pause, big breath. Ooh, Mike's just going, oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> Mike, Mike has, like, he gets to do the first big production of the season. So he gets to, like, be the big kind of kickoff. We do have a kickoff event, which is a one-night thing that we do on uh, April 17th of this year. And it's an in-concert. It's American Graffiti in-concert, which is really fun, uh, where we get everyone pumped for the season and get really, you know, everyone excited and, you know, excited to come out and see Mike's show and all of that. Um, And then right now we're really getting ready for auditions. Uh, Mm -hmm. We do our auditions in one kind of foul swoop instead of per show. So we have two weekends in March, starting March 6th, that we, yeah, have everybody come out and do all the auditions together and 
I think it's fun, but I'm not the one auditioning. So. <laughs> well, now you haven't cast your show then. Since no, then. not yet. Um, um, yeah, about three weeks, I think, until uh, mm-hmm. auditions start. So, yeah. So, so are, are we heading into, oh, I have to do it. Are we heading into a disaster? <laughs> <laughs> It'll definitely be something. Um, yeah, but getting geared up, getting stuff prepped. Um, we start rehearsals about a week after we actually cast the show, so we've been moving real fast as soon as we get a cast. Mm-hmm. Now, I think what the, the interesting thing with you guys, and I, I think you still do it. I was, I was just checking, but I wasn't sure. You guys usually have a class to kind of give people an idea of what the directors are looking for. Are you still doing that? So this year, we aren't doing that. We're kind of taking a year off to restructure mm-hmm. the program and kind of get it a little bit more robust for people. Um, but yeah, we... So instead of doing like a specific class like we kind of would do, uh, what we actually have is we have a ton of resources online under Get Involved Audition, basically, uh, where we have links for people to kind of figure out where to find the best resources and what are people looking for, how does the audition process happen, all of that. Because we really want people to feel comfortable. We want it to be a process that people even if you've never performed before that you can come out and feel part of the family and and still take part in the process and feel comfortable to do it Uh, so we have a lot of online resources this year unfortunately no workshop but we haven't gotten rid of it it's coming back with a new (laughs) with a new everything to it so it'll be really nice when it comes back you know that brings up a really interesting point but one of the things and and I personally have been involved in theater for years um mostly critiquing and doing backstage stuff. Mm-hmm. I haven't done a lot of acting anymore. But one of the things I was is mentioned to me is, you know, breaking in and people trying, you know, brand new, trying to get into shows, trying to do things. And then you they see these veterans people who can just sing and dance and, and do everything that you could possibly imagine all while balancing everything else. Um, you know, I... Before we even get started, I mean, do you have any words, especially you being the director for the first show, sure. any words or advice to those people trying to get into that? Oh, definitely. Um, I think kind of the first thing to keep in mind is that for any of those uh, veteran performers that you see go up there and sing their hearts out, they all had an awkward first audition, too, at some <laughs> point. So they came in, didn't quite know their music, couldn't quite dance like they thought they could. Uh, and then, you know... They work on it, and you just keep going at it, and eventually you'll get there. I think everyone should be willing to jump in and try. Um, That's one of the benefits about having the theater community we have here in Grand Rapids is that there's just a lot of opportunity for people to be involved. Sure, you might not be the lead in the musical all your first time auditioning, but if you're open to learning and having a good time, um, there's always something for everyone. And there's always other opportunities. I mean, if you don't land a part, but you still want to get a feel for it, I mean, there's ushering, there's backstage, there's helping with it. Help me oh, out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, mm-hmm. we have um, we have a ton of volunteer positions where we take in volunteers to help us do ushering, help us run all sorts of different things to actually make the theater happen. Um, and then we also have internships available. You know, we have marketing interns. We have... Uh, you know, audience engagement interns and crew interns, design editors. Like, we have a huge, robust way for people to really get involved. Um, so even, yeah, you know, there are people, you know, they may not make it into the show that they really wanted to, but, you know, they step in and help on crew or, or something like that so that they're still getting their foot in the door. They're still getting that experience. Um, and seeing what all goes into everything, the scheduling, the everything. 
And then basically from there, you know, getting, getting to know people, you know, that's a huge part of it is when people know you and, you know, they see that effort. I mean, I'm not a director, so. <laughs> no, I mean, you're exactly right. And um, there's also a lot of opportunity for people who don't necessarily want to be on stage. I know that was never really yeah. my thing. <clears throat> Actually, my first experience at Circle um, was on Deck Crew for uh, The Wedding Singer a few years ago. And that, like kind of Ashley was saying there, you get to meet people, you get to be around, and you kind of build that natural confidence. And suddenly when you're auditioning the next time, you're in front of people you know and you've seen, and there's no longer that kind of big unknown scary mm-hmm. opportunity. I know for me personally, I would much rather be in the, the, the general cast than having to deal with the lead part because it just seemed like so much work. And all those other general cast people in the entourage, they had so much fun. <laughs> so I mean, that's like I was. Always, I'm always like, oh, I'll just I'll just take the you know the entourage part. <laughs> That'd <Sure>. be great. <laughs> so um, I always enjoyed that. But I also enjoyed working behind the scenes. I did a lot of prop stuff and things like that. It's always been the best part because yeah. again, you don't have that stress of, oh my gosh, I got to make sure I have to remember all those lines and, and make sure I'm singing in tune. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and there's a lot of mm-hmm. people who are very passionate about what they do behind the scenes in Grand Rapids, and we're always looking for more people who are interested and want to come along and kind of learn the ropes. So. Thank you. And, and, you know, if you're not if you're not interested in doing the production type stuff, I mean, I got started by literally just volunteering, mm-hmm. uh, showing up and helping and all sorts of stuff and, you know, working circle theater tables at different festivals and helping with auditions and stuff. And, you know, I'm not a performer, but I definitely, you know, there are places. If you if you want to help, we, we will take you, yeah. basically. <laughs> Great. Well, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this. And, and now everybody's going to understand our little inside joke here. But first production, Mike, that's your production. Yes. And it's called... Disaster. Disaster. Yeah. Yeah. It's and you know I was reading a little bit about that because I, as I told you it sure. was one one I hadn't seen. Yep. Um, was on Broadway for, in 2016. I understand. Yes. For just a little run. Very short run. But it it still received quite a good good reviews. Sure. Um, so tell us a little bit about what the show is about. Yeah. So um, Disaster is kind of a over the top ridiculous comedy. So. Mm-hmm. At its core, it's kind of spoofing and riffing off of 70s and 80s disaster movies. So add that with a bit of 70s, 80s jukebox music, throw in an extra shade of over-the-top kind of special effects, and you've got disaster, which is just uh, a floating casino that's involved in an earthquake, a tidal wave, several shark attacks, and all sorts of other mayhem. I mean, shark attacks? Shark attacks. Is this taking place in Vegas? Uh, no, it's actually in New York. New York, New York. Okay. <laughs> so, shark attacks and shark attacks. Sharknado coming along now. Pretty close. <laughs> um, ultimately, I kind of if you think of that kind of B movie style uh, adventure disaster movie, you'll be pretty close. Mm-hmm. So tell us, why did you pick this particular, or maybe you weren't picked, maybe you, somebody picked you to do this particular production? I mean, what was it that interested you? Sure. Um, well, when I kind of first read this script. Uh, there's a lot of corny jokes, there's a lot of over-the-top kind of setups, Um, and at first I was a little bit uh, hesitant when looking at it, Um, but kind of as I came back to it and realized that you can kind of embrace that campy, disaster, over-the-top feel, um, I kind of fell in love with it. Um, There are kind of all of the general ridiculousness that goes into a B-movie, but then you add a musical onto that, and I mean, at its base, a musical is just kind of this Uh, willingness to assume that people are going to break out into song at any moment. And it's just kind of that wonderful kind of next to normal 
uh, experience of seeing normal people suddenly bursting into song. And this is that plus bursting into song or dealing with tidal waves that flip over ships or, uh, you know, chandeliers falling on people or whatever. <laughs> so any idea, like, how you're going to flip over the boat with the tidal wave yet? Oh, we've been working on it. It's, uh, <laughs> not going to reveal be... any secrets, huh? No, not yet. It's, uh, it's going to be a unique experience uh, at Circle Theater. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a really, you know, it is a really unusual show. Not heard, not a lot of people have heard of it. I mean, how do you guys go about finding these shows, picking it, making the selections for an entire season? I mean, how do you put that all together? Sure, uh, I'll, I'll jump <laughs> in on that. <laughs> um, so Circle has a uh, kind of yearly play selection committee. So it's a group of people, uh, performers, designers, directors, um, as well as, you know, audience members and other people who might not necessarily be on stage or directly involved with productions. Um, and the goal of that committee is to kind of come together and uh, create a season that we think embodies what Circle wants to communicate and present to the community, um, as well as that people will want to come see and enjoy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, look at a lot of different things, and Disaster kind of hit the right notches of being something that's funny, it's exciting, it's a really good way to kick off the season because it's, um, it doesn't stop moving, and it's, uh, it's big, so that's fun. Mm-hmm. So. It's fun. It's, it's really fun. Mm-hmm. It, it sounds great, and it, it just sounds like a great, fun production to start with. But it's not your only one. I mean, how many shows do you have? What? I think six? So we do uh, three musicals. Mm-hmm. We do two plays, and then we also have a Magic Circle production, which is more towards kids, family-oriented. Uh, that one is Goldilocks and the Three Pigs. So also really funny and ridiculous, uh, but you're going to see a lot more children in that one, mm-hmm. um, both on stage and in the audience, typically. Um, so yeah, I mean we've got yeah, we've got a bunch of different. Now stuff. you're you're not you're not repertory, you're not like Hope Theater repertory, but you you are like really whipping through these productions because you basically you have they, this this yeah. in May. And then right in June, you go into Moon Over Buffalo. Yep. Um, And then from there, we'll go into Magic Circle. mm -hmm. Um, From Magic Circle into Always Patsy Cline. Mm -hmm. Um, And then from there into Noises Off. And then we will end the season with Hair. Which is just iconic. I mean, if anybody's ever, you know, seen Hair. I mean, you know. Aquarius. (laughs) Aquarius. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. all you got to say, Aquarius. Um, you know, that's just an amazing movie. I, of course, my favorite part is the very opening song and that. Sure, hair, yeah. You know, that's just amazing. Um, that's the most, one of, probably, I think, one of the most powerful songs out there on the stage right now. So, um, but, so yeah, but you're kind of really moving, which means you really have to have that oh, yeah. cast in place for every single show because as you're producing and putting on one, the next show has to be rehearsing and getting ready yeah and you know interspersed in there we also have our summer concert series which runs on typically monday nights well not typically it does run on monday nights uh and so we've also got concerts rehearsing through there and then you know live performances and different events that we do around town uh so yeah when the season goes it it goes for Mm -hmm. sure Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we do three weeks of performances for all of the non-Magic Circle shows, mm-hmm. and then there's kind of one week off, and then the next show opens. And in that week off, uh, you know, the set's being torn down, rebuilt, the new show's yep. coming in, getting their stuff in place, and then they open that Wednesday after that. 
And it's, I mean, it's, it's really interesting. I think one thing that's, that's really, I don't know, an advantage for some of our performers is that because they are auditioning between two weekends, basically in March, they'll know by, you know, the third week in March, pretty much what they're going to be cast in throughout the whole season. So we might have performers who are in disaster, but they're also going to be, they also already know they're going to be in hair in September and they might also be in concerts. Like they have a, there's a little bit more of a way to kind of schedule for them. Um, because they have an idea of what their summer is going to look like. And we have an idea of what the summer is going to look like. Mm-hmm. So that's so uh, and then go back, going back. So some people, you could see some of the same actors again in a couple of the different productions. Yeah. Yep. Just to kind of, or, or you could see somebody in one production and that's it. Yeah. Yep. A lot mm-hmm. of it depends just on people's personal schedules, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, you know, just like anything else, you try out for the things that you know, you audition for the things that you're available for. And some people, you know, we're very, very lucky that we have some performers and their summer is with us and they spend the whole summer with us uh, and we love it. And then we have some people who we're really, really fortunate to just, they pop in when they can and then, you know, they have jobs or they have to go back to school or whatever it is that, that they have to do. But. Mm-hmm. So let's talk just a little bit more about the upcoming season to kind of give people yeah. uh, an idea of what's coming up. Now, Mike, I know you're only doing the first show. Yes. Um, are you planning to be in any of the shows? Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> Do you have summer plans after that? Uh, Sleeping, maybe? Probably. Probably getting some rest, recovering. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Yeah, it's a it's a lot of work to to put a show together. I've been working on it on Disaster for about the past month uh, in prep. I've got another couple of weeks before we hit auditions, and then it's really going to be pretty much every day nonstop until we close. So mm-hmm. I'll be looking forward to a little bit of a rest. <laughs> uh, so cool, let's go. Cool. So then the next mo- um, is Moon Over Buffalo, which is actually Ken Lewick's um, probably one of his more famous productions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's about the two actors kind of more in their older I always think this is an interesting and I, I think Ken re- alludes to this a little bit too and that it's one of the few productions that requires an older actor somebody who's probably in their 50s or so um, and those parts are you know he's he I remember one of the things he commented about the show was that they got all these great stars to be in it because the roles required the that older actor I don't want to say yeah. elderly but older actor to be sure. part of it um but yeah, why you tell us a little bit about Moon Over Buffalo? Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, we were both on the committee that got to pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, and kind of delve into all the mm-hmm. different things. So, um, but yeah, Moon, Moon Over Buffalo, uh, we're looking at June 4th through the 20th. Uh, so, it'll be that second show that we put together. Um, you know, kind of this, you know, two. Um, middle-aged people who are, you know, there's a love story involved. There's, you know, an affair involved. There's <laughs> yeah, I, multiple productions going on. It's kind of theater yeah. within theater, um, all based around a comedy. And yeah, yeah. it's uh, kind of like you said, it's a really great opportunity, I think, for a section of actors that don't usually get a chance to kind of shine and really take the lead to mm-hmm. step up. And um, it's going to be great. Uh, it's fun because when you get to work with people, 
um, who are seasoned is, uh, I guess, how I would describe that that spot. Uh, you tend to get really good shows because you've got people who have had a chance to to learn some of the ins and outs of what theater looks like, what comedy looks like, um, and the show's hilarious. So mm-hmm. it really kind of benefits from having that opportunity. Um, and I'm kind of excited to see what kind of people we get to turn out and, and lead that show this year. Mm-hmm. I'm, curi- I'm curious as who you might get to play uh, Patsy Cline. You know, always Patsy Cline. I mean, cause, you know, that's a very oh, yeah. iconic figure. Yeah. Um, it's got to be somebody who can really represent that quite well. Okay. That'll be, yeah, that'll be interesting to see kind of the different take, um, you know, in kind of researching Always Patsy Cline before we picked it too. I mean, that is a role that, you know, can be played by a younger person. It can be played by someone who's closer to middle-aged. Um, it, can, it can kind of run that gamut a little bit more. So, and that one will be in my opinion, fun, because uh, now you're working with a cast of two uh, versus something like Disaster or y- your hair where you've got a huge group of people that you're working with. This really is going to come down to, you know, two amazing performers, um, but it also has that kind of real intimate feel to it, which is which is really awesome, too. Does that play into, as you guys are selecting to, like, okay, well, we want to make sure we get at least something with a big big cast but something with a smaller cast to just kind of balance out the season a little yeah i think there's definitely something to be said about trying to find the right variety of shows so that people can come to every show in a season and feel like they're getting something new and different um with each one um it also definitely helps that i think circle space really benefits from or can really do things for shows like always patsy klein that a lot of other spaces have challenging times with um just because of the way it's set up with the that open thrust and kind of that Mm -hmm. pretty intimate space um, for its size. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, the next one is, is Noises Off. I was a little surprised by this one, um, only because it seems it seems somewhat similar to um, Moon Over Buffalo, um, just a little bit, and kind of somewhat, but so, somewhat different. Um, actually, yeah, uh, Noises Off, they, they are somewhat similar. You mm-hmm. know, the, the kind of plot of it is, is pretty similar. Uh, but Noises Off in my opinion, is faster. The pace yes. of the show is much faster. Um, and Noises Off was actually, every season we talk about having, you know, what is an audience audience choice? Um, what is something that, because we actually have a ballot uh, that we run throughout the season where our patrons can actually take a vote on what do they want to see? You know, that helps us kind of narrow down uh, our selection of productions. Uh, but it also helps us go, okay, what do people really want? And Noises Off was one of those that, I mean, people love it. They want to see it again. And um, so we were ready to go for it and have fun. So. Yeah. Um, first of all, I think Noises Off is probably the greatest comedy play ever written. Um, so that always makes it a pretty easy pick. But um, when, It helped. Yeah, when, when kind of looking at the comparison between Moon Over Buffalo and Noises Off, obviously on the surface there's a lot that's similar. It's plays within a play. It's about actors. It's kind of that bringing the audience into the world of kind of the performer and the, the production crew. Um, they focus on a slightly different things. Moon Over Buffalo feels like more of kind of a individual individual character study of the two lead actors who are the the main players in that show, whereas Noises Off always feels a, a bit more of like this big ensemble, chaotic, uh, fast-paced, like just great time. Um, plus, it's a lot of fun because you get to get a set that you just totally flip 
completely front to back uh, <laughs> between acts, which is always a unique design challenge. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be great. It's really, really fast, really, really funny. And if you've never seen Noises Off, it's always worth seeing. And if you've seen it, it's worth seeing again. Mm-hmm, definitely. I would agree with that, too. I would 100% agree with that. So, And then you wrap up in September with hair. Yeah. Hair. Yeah. <laughs> Iconic, also one of those that, you know, the audience want, wants it. You know, they want to see it. We've done it in the past. Um, it's been a while since we've done it, but... Um, I was going to say, I haven't seen it on any Playbill for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not one that is as is, is reoccurring as you see, like, well, everybody's doing Mamma Mia or those type sure. of things. But this is, this is, you know, I think it's an iconic production um, that just really opened the door for musical theater yeah. in a different way. Um, I think hair is, is like you said, it's, it's very iconic and whatnot, but I think it's also a really good time culturally worldwide for us to yeah. bring hair back right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of one of those stories about, you know, a generation and, you know, how they relate to the world or how they want to relate to the world and kind of that, like, idealism versus realism and what that looks like. And I think that's pretty big today as much as it was, you know, when it initially came out. It's a little different, a different generation, slightly different things, but a lot of, you know, the the identity crisis that comes with any new generation coming into its own is the same now as it has always been. And so it makes it kind of a very universal and timeless story um, that I th- think fits very well into the summer of 2020. Mm-hmm. I agree with you, especially it seems like there's a lot of identity crisis going on right now. Um, this just seems very, you're right, very apropos for, for this year. Yeah. Um, and stuff. And one of the other things, I was, I, as I recall, it was like one of the first musicals that was at Fifth Dimension that actually did Aquarius um, and and really made it a kind of a pop sensation, which brought mm-hmm. a lot of people into the musical itself. Yeah, um, and it was one of the first to do that. Okay. It's it's surprising, kind of talking to especially younger folks who are around, um, in in seeing that we're doing hair. A lot of them know the music; they don't necessarily know the production, uh, but they've heard the music, or when they do hear it, they're oh yeah yeah I know that song. Um, which is also one of those things where it, it lasts, stands the test of time. Mm. Well, this, and this I know wasn't one of your productions, but Fiddler on the Roof that came in earlier this year, and I took my husband to see it for the very first time. He had never seen it, and he came out and he's like, "Oh my gosh, I didn't realize how many of those songs I actually knew yeah. because he mm. had heard them so much." And I'm like, "Yeah, a lot of that the music has filtered into the pop culture. There's parts of it, and I'm not talking about Barbara Streisand doing." some of the music and <laughs> the radio or anything like that. I'm talking like it's kind of yeah. resonated in, um, you know, the fifth dimension. I actually heard the fifth dimension song long before I actually saw the musical. Sure. And then I think it was one late night that my, they had the movie on or something. Yeah. And my mom's like, mm-hmm. oh, you should see hair. And so I saw hair and I suddenly realized that, oh, that's where the song came. Yep. I thought that was just a fifth dimension <laughs> song, you know. So, yeah, it's kind of one of those things. I think it's kind of fun. And it's great to, to it kind of bridge the gap, I think, in generations to bring some of these, these pieces back and have people actually see them again, um, which is kind of a nice thing. Yeah, I think that's a, an interesting kind of through line that comes out in, in Circle Season this year is kind of that look 
between kind of the older generation and the younger generation. And I think one of the things that we hope to tell through the stories of these shows is that ultimately we're a lot more similar than we think. We may have different contexts or different layers of paint on the stories or the experiences that we grew up with or that different generations have grown up with. Um, but ultimately what we find is that as we tell these stories, as we kind of look into these individual productions, we're all coming from very similar places and we have a lot more in common than we have against each other. Wow. Well, I can't say that better than myself. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that alone. So, but, but Ashley, l- let people know, where can they get more information about Circle Theater and their upcoming productions, shows? I mean, they yeah. want to snatch up those tickets, you know. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the best place to go is circletheater.org. Uh, we've got everything is listed there. There's great ways i mean easy to buy tickets mm-hmm. for sure um our individual <laughs> tickets don't go on sale until the end of march um but that's actually coming up pretty quick mm-hmm. so right now we have concert bundles uh and you can buy individual tickets for the concerts um and you can also get flex passes and stuff throughout the season um which is more of it's not really a membership program by any means but it's where you can buy kind of tickets in bundle and mm-hmm. pick which shows you want to go to and all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as I always try to remind people, it's always best to plan because if you have it in hand, you will definitely go. Oh, yeah. Well, yes, and so. one of the great things with our flex passes that we have is, you know, you buy a bundle of five tickets. You can use five tickets all on hair uh, or all on disaster, uh, or you can do one ticket per show. It, it really, it's really flexible, which is really awesome. That's great. So. Yeah. Well, final thoughts on the season. Anything you'd like to let people know about the upcoming season for Circle Mike? Uh, sure. I guess my, my final sign-off on that would be, you know, come to this season. If you're uh, looking for fun, it's going to be a summer of laughter and hopefully a little bit of insight. Um, but my guess is that if you come to any of our shows, you're, you're going to leave with a little bit of a stomachache from hopefully laughing too hard. Definitely. <laughs> and Ashley, any, any final thoughts? Uh, just the same thing basically that Mike said uh this season is fun it's really fun uh it's in a a summer that I think people are going to need some fun and relaxing um and if you're not into musicals and plays we've got a whole concert series uh that you can come and listen to great music and listen you know see performers and support people and we're just this summer is going to be we're going to have a good time that's our our big thing is we're going to laugh have fun, and relax a little. Great. Well, thank you so much. I want to thank uh, Mike Hall and Ashley McGreevy. McGreevy. Close. You were close. Uh, (laughs) I can't believe I did that. I'm so sorry. McGreevy. Ashley McGreevy and Mike Hall for being here with me today. This has been Locally Entertaining, and I'm your host. And don't forget, get entertained. (laughs) 